Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Hanging in there, Sean. How are you doing? Doing good. If I can uh, get all my stuff together this week uh, with it being the holiday week, trying to get travel plans ready. I don't have my MacBook on me. It's in my basketball office. So I'm actually sitting here with my phone to my mouth <laughs> and recording this <laughs> podcast. But we're going to make sure we get a mailbag out there. Uh, football mailbag we've got a ton of questions too we do we got we got several um appreciate everybody who sent those in i believe we put it out there on monday night i think or tuesday or sunday i can't remember when exactly but uh quite a few to get here get to in here so we'll go ahead and get started now a couple like if there's questions about the game i'm going to defer to you because i wasn't there and there was a lot of stuff that i missed yeah. I saw highlights and big plays here and there, but there, if there's any questions that involve anything that happened throughout the game, I'm going to kind of defer those to you. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just bounce around here. I don't I don't know that we're going to have any that are just nice and clean in terms of uh, the flow through here. So I'm just going to pick one random and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's start here with our buddy Trey's question. Yes, do y'all agree Levis and C Rod should, should be back next season? And he said, by the way, while I was sitting in this tweet, Wandell got tackled at the two-yard line again. So, of course, Wandell had a, could have had three touchdowns the other day, but had zero. Um, but, yeah, Trey, I, I definitely think they should. Levis, I think, is really a, a no-brainer. I realize that, you know, maybe his arm talent could be appealing enough for a, a team maybe to, to draft him at some point. But, to me, coming back, getting to know this offense even more, going through spring practice, going through another summer, having 12, 13 more games under your belt next year, to me, would set him up way more uh, for success at the next level. And with Rodriguez, I just don't know that he's won. His style of running back is really that coveted, to be quite frank, in the NFL. He, he's not really shown an ability to catch the ball. He doesn't have blazing speed. Um, and then the elephant in the room is he's, he's put the ball on the ground a ton. So I still think a very productive college back. Uh, but at this point, I don't know that he's really – put himself in a in a spot where he would get drafted to be honest what do you think I, I don't think he has I think that the fumbling issues are obviously alarming for every team in the league I think that if he comes back and he has another big year and he shows improved ball security then I think that he could find a spot in the league but I, I don't think that even the, the thing with me Derek is I don't think he's going to be a coveted piece in the draft regardless of whether it's this year or next year because all the other things that you mentioned he, he doesn't catch the ball in the backfield he doesn't have that speed, uh, but but I think that he could carve out a, a role somewhere if he comes back. And, and I, I think that – I think he will come back. Uh, Levis, to me, is the no-brainer. I think that Levis has potential to be a top-five quarterback in the in the SEC next season if he comes back with uh, the, the tools and mechanics that we're seeing from him and the improvement that you're seeing in the back half of the schedule. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think Levis has done enough this season. Now let's see what happens these next two games. But I think he's done enough this year that – you, you can you know truly be excited for what he might look like with uh, a little bit more time in the system. So let's uh, let's go with some more UK items before we go to the game on Saturday. Uh, this is from Keith. Good question here. Who has done a better job this year coaching with what they had? Brad White or Liam Cohen? Seems like defense was great the first six games, but offense has now taken over these last four to five games. What, what do you think about that one, Sean? I'm going to say Liam. 
I'm going to say Liam just because we know where Kentucky's offense had been in the past. We know that they didn't have any resemblance of a passing attack, breaking in a new quarterback. You got uh, the expectations of getting Wandell Robinson involved, and I think that he's done an excellent job with what he's had. Uh, I know your, your number two wide receiver was out for a few games, and you had to make away with that. You've had the turnover issues on that side of the ball. Uh, I think Liam, but not, not to say that Brad hasn't done a good job. I just think that Liam had all the expectations coming in. I mean, everybody was started talking about him being the next Joe Brady and all these other things. To, <laughs> for all those expectations, I think he's done an excellent job. I agree with that. And it's not to say, um, you know, Liam had, I would say, perception on his side more because any little improvement in the passing game was going to make it, you know, look like he'd done a pretty good job. But I think they've even probably exceeded – I shouldn't say exceeded. They've, they've kind of met my – I think they've thrown for more touchdown passes than I would say. I mean, Levis has, like, truly th- thrown for a pretty good amount of touchdowns this year. He's tied for 17th nationally with 23 touchdown passes. So that's a pretty good job. He's also thrown a lot of interceptions. He's, you know, near the tops in the country and interceptions as well. Some of those his fault. Some of them weren't. Um, Brad, I think, has – how do I phrase this? They've had good pieces at every level of the defense, but this year I don't think is as talented of a group as what we've seen the past few years, especially at that corner. I think that's the probably the weakest position group overall on the whole team. And then when you had Octavius get hurt, I mean, Jordan Wright's not really played a ton this year. I mean, he's played – I think he's missed four games this season. Of course, McCall missed some time. And they've they've had to try to overcome some injuries that I think when you kind of just look at how it's been this year, it's been a tougher job probably for Brad than what it's been for Liam. Uh, yeah. Not to say the offense hasn't had its issues too. I mean, Eli <clears> – <throat> excuse me, Eli Cox is out these last few games. Um, you know, I don't know how big of a factor he would have played, but Cleve Van Thomas getting hurt before the season. I think he was on his way to at least crack the rotation. DeCal Crowdis was injured. Keaton Upshaw obviously was injured. So they both, I mean, really it's been a tough injury year uh, for Kentucky in general. But, um, you know, Brad's group did a great job to, to get the South Carolina wins. They they got the stops they needed against Missouri. They played pretty well against LSU. Um, they've, they've both had their moments this year. I think they're both still very good coordinators. So stick here with the team. Um, it's a question from John. I did not notice this during the game or on the rewatch, but we'll talk about it. He said, when Ruffalo kicked the extra point after the third TD, it was a low trajectory that almost got blocked by a uh, New Mexico state lineman's hand just a couple inches away. Did he get coached as most of the rest of the kicks were up real high? He's had that problem the whole year, really. Um, his balls come out a little bit low. He's got a little bit of a different style than what you see from, and I'm not a kicking guru by any means. I just, you know, watch football and, Sean, if you notice, he like kind of takes a run at it before he, he kicks it. You know, he's a little different he, than some guys who just maybe one two steps and, and boot it. I mean, he, he kind of gets a little. Well, you could start. You could say career. Like he's had issues with uh, PATs and stuff being blocked in the past too. Like the one against Ole Miss last year. Did he he missed that one right? He missed it. Yeah. But it seems like there's always been a low trajectory with him, but more so this year. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah, he's had several blocked. So I mean, it's. There's certainly something, but yeah, you're right about his, his kicking style and the way he approaches the ball. It, it is different. Let's see here. Um, this is a question from our uh, buddy VA Blue. What can Kentucky do in one week to tighten up the secondary? I don't know if there's much they can do, Sean. Right. Well, man, you, you know, this Louisville offense, um, I've been. 
I've been pretty impressed. I really have been uh, going looking at their numbers. They, they've got a very good offense. And uh, uh, Malik Cunningham, uh, he's a little different. I don't know that he's the – I guess it'll be up for debate in terms of who the best quarterback they faced is because they've, they've played some good ones. You, you got a guy like Stetson Bennett who's got a lot of weapons around him, but he's, he's managed that offense very well. I think he averages something like 10 yards per pass. Uh, Will Rogers is – I mean, he's playing – I think that U.K. game just kind of leapfrogged him or jump-started him because he's been great uh, really since that game on. And then you have uh, Hendon Hooker who is, you know, playing some of the best football, I think, of any quarterback, certainly in the SEC, maybe in the country. But Malik is up there as well. So this has been a this has been a year they faced some pretty good guys back there. Um, I would say the good news is that, you know, he's not the kind of quarterback, though, from what I can tell, who is just going to sit back like Hooker or Rodgers and just kind of pick you apart. Now, where he's more dangerous than those guys um, is his ability to run. And you might think you got some things covered, but if he gets out, you know, he can really cause some problems for you in that regard. But with Louisville, from what I can tell, Sean, it's the big play. They're going to take their vertical shots. They have multiple touchdowns this year of 70-plus, at least two that I know for sure that were over 70 yards. I think they had a 92-yarder against Wake Forest. So – for a defense that for some of the year had not given up a ton of big plays, it's kind of gone out the window here, uh, especially that Tennessee game, obviously. Um, so keeping that big play in front of you will, will be a big thing this week, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, Louisville hate week has a question. Any guess on who <laughs> will be at center next year? And he says, Jagger, question mark. Yeah, I think that's a good – I think he's definitely going to be in the mix. What, what I think it'll ultimately come down to is whether they truly feel like Eli Cox's absolute best position is right guard. If they think that the team is better off with Eli at right guard, then I think he'll stay there. But I think it'll be Cox or or Jagger for sure. I have a hard time not seeing Jagger in the starting lineup next season. Yeah. So we'll see this spring, though. That'll be one of those positions that's, that's got to get sorted out. Really, I think you got to tip your hat to Luke Fortner because he's uh, – He's made a transition from an all-time great center in Drake Jackson to, to really not feel like there's been that much of a drop-off, really. So, really, uh, congrats to Luke. on, And he's been a great lineman his whole career. But next year it'll be, uh, again, if it's Jagger, you could feel like you've got your potential center for the next four years, which I think is, is good to have that kind of sturdiness. And, um, you know, you'll know that he's your guy for the future. So, I like that aspect of it. But I do think it'll be Eli or jagger and timothy has a question here i know we've talked about c rod we've talked about levis but he says which players and coaches return uh with the players Derek. i mean it kind of just gonna have to be patient and probably wait until late december i don't i don't know maybe before after the bowl game you've got chuck west jones who's a possibility you've You've got other pieces there that you that you're kind of looking at saying you know just what does deandre square do and some of these other guys but uh how, how do you feel like what is what's the temperature you'd set it at right now with some of these guys do you I mean obviously I think they lose some but I think they'll gain some as well yeah in terms of those seniors like who might come back it's, it's more so you kind of look at logically who who might stand to gain a lot from it like regardless of what they say I think given that I was told Jack Buzz Jones is very likely coming back like weeks ago the fact that he did not walk in senior day to me yeah. it's an obvious indicator that he's probably going to come back square he's we'll see i don't really know where he is on draft boards um 
any of those guys that are true seniors, and I think I've probably said this before on the pod, like they're the ones to watch. Marquand McCall's a little different. I think McCall's going to get drafted if he wants to. So I feel a little less sure that he'll come back. But someone who I hadn't – I've not really heard one way or the other that'll be interesting just given how a season has gone is Jordan Wright. He plays a position that is already pretty thin on the team. They're going to bring some guys in next year, but not to the point that, you know, you would think they would overtake his playing time. So if he feels like he's got more to prove and he didn't get to show it this year, I could definitely see Jordan Wright being someone that makes a lot of sense for both sides coming back. I think he'd be a pretty big boost, honestly, to get him back next year. And then, uh, you know, besides that, like, Obviously, Pascal's not going to be back. Uh, you know, Kennard's not. Corker's not. You know, some of those some of those guys I mentioned, the Corker or not Corker, sorry, Square Jones, Jordan Wright on defense. Those are the kind of guys I'd watch for. Maybe McCall. We'll see. But I think McCall's going to have a pretty good chance to get picked. So, um, and then you know you got to watch the transfers. There there'll be plenty uh, in both regards. It'll be it won't be boring. I'll say that, Sean. It's going to be uh, you'll have guys leaving the entertaining. Do what? It'll be entertaining for sure. It'll be be something to follow. Uh, And uh, Jody has a question too. Anyone from UK football leaves early for the NFL draft? I mean, obviously all eyes on Wondell Robinson. Mm -hmm. Derek, when you're talking about that, uh, we we know that Chris Rodriguez, we have that one to watch as well. I mean, there are some. uh, What do you think on that? Do you you think Wondell is for sure gone? I wouldn't say for sure gone, but I think he – I would lean that way. But, you know – I wouldn't say uh, just no. NIL changes everything. I mean, now the money that he's probably going to get from NIL is not going to be the same as if he can get picked in the third round or whatever. I think he'll still make more money doing that. But it at least gives, you know, two years ago, well, shoot, even last year probably, you know, it's a no-brainer that he won't be back just because he'll get paid. But now, you know, he he's – he's. I would guess – I can't imagine there's been another football player who's made more money than him this year. So you would think he'll, you know, he'll he'll have some money to live with next year. He'll make some pretty good money in college. And but the only thing for Wandell is I just don't know what else he can do to really make his draft stock that much better. Well, that's what I was about to say. I mean, he's if he has two really good games here to close the year, the regular season and the bowl game, he could own the single season record mm-hmm. for receiving yards. It's a record for single season catches. I mean, what more can you do? The only appealing thing, though, is you've got a quarterback that just continues to get better and better. And if you see the potential to elevate your stock, maybe. But I'm with you. It, with his size and stuff, too, and then you just never know. Like, it, it kind of feels like one of those things where you got to take advantage of what you've got now. Oh, I mean, he'd be one of the most celebrated returnees, though, ever. I mean. Oh, he would. Seriously, like, uh, he, he would change how you feel about next season if he, if he yeah. were to come back. So, um, but I, I would. I would not get my hopes up on that. And I think people – it's one of those situations I think people will understand. There's just a guy his size. There's not a whole lot more he can really prove. I think the stock is, is high enough now that uh, it was a success, him coming back to Kentucky for this one year. I mean, he, he made a lot of plays this year. I think it really worked out well for, for all parties. But we talked about Rodriguez. I guess the other guy I would mention on on the offense is, is Dara Rosenthal. I have not seen such an overwhelmingly dominant season from him that it's no doubt that he'll not come back. But I also wonder if the plan for him all along was just to be here one year and then take his chances no matter what. So uh, you just never know. I mean, some guys just don't want to be in school. I'm not saying this is the truth for Dare at all. I don't know that. But I'm just saying he's been in college several years already anyway, and he might have wanted to go the same route as a guy like Kelvin Joseph where you you go to your new school, you 
He started every game. You try to put enough on tape that, you know, you take your chances at the next level. So he'd be another guy that I think would be a, a great boost to get back. So we'll just have to see. He, him and Wondell are the two that I would say. Defensively, I don't really see anybody that outside because most of those guys are seniors that, you know, will probably get picked. So no one, no one that's going to be leaving early, I don't think. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Kyle has a question. Is Mark Stoops a legit candidate for any open jobs? If so, who is on Mitch's short list? And we talked about this last week. We didn't talk about who, you know, Mark would be linked to. Uh, but now any type of job that opens up, Derek, that's, you know, a, with, with a bigger school, I think that Mark Stoops is at least going to be on the, the name of five to ten that comes out there in betting odds, just given what he's done at Kentucky. But if he were to leave, like, I don't really know that there's that clear-cut replacement. We would have said Neil Brown, but I think that – I don't know if Neil's done enough at West Virginia to get that that position. So, I, I think – I don't really know who I would say as possible replacements. But uh, what do you make of the – and I know Stoops commented yesterday about the Florida uh, rumblings and being connected there and LSU and some others. But just uh, what do you think about that? Well, I think it would be a really tough year to have a coaching search. Um if you're UK, you're on the verge of signing your best class. Um, I don't think he's leaving, though. I really don't. I don't. So, um, I personally feel like Stoops would would not win to the extent that would be expected at LSU or Florida. With that said, though, if they were to offer him the job, then I absolutely think he will go. I don't. I just don't see why. You, Dan Mullen's probably a good example of someone who, I mean, Stoops is actually has not had even the kind of success that Mullen had at, uh, I mean, he had Mississippi State at number one in the country at one yeah. point. And he was, you know, a national, she had connections to Florida since he had been there for two national titles as an assistant, but he kind of goes to show you how fast like things unravel. I mean, once Dan Mullen started talking about once that recruiting clip got out there, like it was, it was over for him basically how fast that that thing unraveled. I mean, he was in the sec East. They won the sec East last year. They were like a touchdown away from beating Alabama in the sec title game. And now he's gone. So that's quick. It is. I mean, to me, if Stoops were to leave, I'm just like trying to think, and maybe he doesn't care. Like did some of these guys now, like you get three, four years, if it doesn't work out, then you just get your buyout money and you can uh, do whatever you want for a few years. But as a, as a competitor, someone who, um, I think has cherished what he's built at UK. I think if he were to leave Kentucky, to me, the best spot he could go would be somewhere like in Iowa that is not going to fire you every single time you don't, you know, win 10 games. I mean, some of these schools, you know, 10, they're not going to be paying you to win 10 games. I mean, they're paying you to win titles at Florida and LSU. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, 
and you gotta and you gotta compete with Georgia. <laughs> like you yeah, that Florida job. I mean, it's it, it, it can be an absolutely a great job in its own right, but man, uh, it's tough right now. Um, it is an interesting question as to what direction Kentucky would go, because it's been Mitch's mo in other sports anyway to kind of that had good things going to kind of hire from within. You saw it uh, with Kyra Elsey, and of course she got hired at an odd time. I mean, uh, Matthew Mitchell retired, you know, right right before the season began. It was a, a pandemic season. It was you know weird, but at the same time he took the interim tag off very quickly. Um, and then you've also seen with uh, I don't feel like there's another sport that hired from within. I don't know why I'm thinking. Oh, well, uh, Joker. I mean, going back to Rich Brooks. At that point, it was their most sustained success they'd had in football. And Joker was, you know, named head coach in waiting. So you kind of knew who was going to be there. I actually see that making more sense in this day and age, just with trying to keep your roster as intact as it could be. Um, And I think there, I would probably lean more towards if Stoops were to leave, I would, I would lean more towards, an internal hire versus yeah. just because like what you said, no Brown was an obvious choice for a long time, but he's a harder sell now than what he was. And I still think Neil's a good coach. I still think he'd do a good job at Kentucky, but I'll throw this name out there to you, Sean, who I, who I would do, who I would hire. I would hire John Somerall if I were Mitch Barnhart. And Ooh. to me, he has, he's, he's a future SEC coach in my opinion. I think he gets it on the recruiting standpoint. Now you're taking a chance. He's not. He doesn't have you know true coordinator experience, and some people might view. I mean, if you were to give UK fans, you know, say, "Hey, write down your top four guys on the staff." Summerall might be fourth on some people's list. They might put yeah. two guys, obviously, with coordinator experience, and Liam and Brad White, and then of course Merrill. I think would be popular amongst the fan base. But I think um, good chance at Summerall. I mean, I think if he wants that Troy job, I think he'll have a great chance at it. So to me, he has the look of a guy that. Uh, he might be pretty popular amongst fans in a few years. And I think it's always a gamble to hire anyone who doesn't have that coaching experience, but you need someone at the top who kind of gets it. He's a UK alum. To me, I think he's someone people would rally behind. They would really like him, but the overall scenario, I've not getting a little long winded. The overall scenario is, you know, Stoops is he's proven to you. He can run a, a stable program. You can win, be competitive, that's the scenario you hope for. I think if you're a UK fan is that you can continue that and that you don't have to go through this uh, phase of trying to, you know, try to figure out a, a post Mark Stoops football program. So I think you want to be in a spot that you can kind of keep building this thing and seeing if you can't take a few more notches up. Yeah. And, and Brandon had the same question. So we, we answered Brandon's as well right there. Uh, I'm seeing one more here in the DMs. I just got to make sure I can find it. That is directly a football question. Hold on, I'll find it. I'm scrolling through my phone here. Uh, where is it? I just saw it, and then I clicked away to look at something else. What was it about? We had one from Dell here. Oh, here it is. Brandon, any updates on Barry and Brown? Obviously, we know he announces this week. Derek uh, says, do you believe he's a U.K. lock, and who would you compare him to in the NFL or college? Well, always got to be careful with locks just because it's uh, college football recruiting, but I do feel like he'll choose Kentucky tomorrow. Um, and as a comparison, I haven't watched him enough to know, to be honest with you. Uh, I haven't either. But I can give you the comparison that 24-7 has formed. Give me one second. 
<laughs> Updated scouting report. He actually doesn't have a player evaluation, to be honest with you. But you can go to Google. Um, you can type in uh, Barry Brown, and you can pull up his um, scouting report. There's, there's quite a bit written about him there. So I do think he'll be a guy that helps him immediately next year. So he, he's about as dynamic as a guy they were going to be able to get from the high school ranks this year. And if they're able to land that commitment and get the signature next month, then uh, he'll come in with, with quite a bit of hype, I think. So would be a tremendous get. It would be, absolutely. Uh, Venice had uh, one, too. Will Coach Stoops hit the portal for some plug-and-play DBs at this point? I think they need to, uh, absolutely. There's yeah, no, no doubt. doubt that they're hitting the portal mm-hmm. uh, at that position for sure. Like that, that's the – that's the position of need the most like they need they need dudes that can come in and be instant impact players and game changers for them in that area yeah that should be priority number one i mean getting taj harris at wide receiver is a good start me personally i mean i think for sure if wandell doesn't come back if wandell decides to come back then you might i mean you you would never want to turn down good players but at, at a certain point i think it would be a little lower on the list uh, but assuming Wondell does leave, I would still like to see another veteran, talented wide receiver added to that room. But I think you got to address this uh, the secondary. It's it's the one, it's the most glaring uh, weakness on the team right now. So it's a good thing about the portal now is you can you can flip it in a year if you get the right guys. Um, I had a question here, Sean, in the DMs. This is from uh, this is from Dell, and he's asked about Florida. He said, "Will Florida's football performance this year affect any other commits with UK offers?" Any chance we can pluck any of the recruits? From what I could tell, I don't think Kentucky had – they have recently offered an offensive lineman, Jalen Farmer, who I think they might push for. But outside of that, I don't think they had really had too much overlap. A few classes ago they did. They had two offensive linemen, Gerald Mincy and uh, Richie Leonard, were two guys that I think both went to Florida that might have even been committed to UK. I, I know Richie for sure was. He was the first commitment at one point in that 2020 class. Um, but we'll have to see. I don't. I don't think you'll see. It's maybe a little early to know. Um, I would more so watch the portal for guys if they if they have a couple of players on the portal. Then, you know, being an SEC opponent, East, I think Kentucky will be pretty familiar with that roster and what those guys are capable of. So, from what I can tell, I haven't really been too many guys yet going to the portal from Florida. So we'll have to see once a new hire is made. Yeah, and we have one from Austin in the DMs as well. He says, as fans, do we just need to get over how poor the secondary has played lately? Mainly going into the Loserville game, I'm concerned Cunningham can possibly cook them. I still think we win regardless, but feeling like it's Cunningham versus Kentucky. It, it is what it is at this point, Derek, right? I mean, like there's no, yeah. there's not going to be significant improvement in Kentucky's secondary from last week to this week you just got to kind of make it through this year and then hit that portal I still think Kentucky wins this game though I I picked the final score today uh, for someone and I picked Kentucky by 10 I know we'll get into predictions and stuff later in the week but I do think that Cunningham's going to give Kentucky some trouble but I think Kentucky will just have to uh, buckle down and and make plays when they need to get stops and let Pascal and some of these others kind of uh, get get to uh, Cunningham and make put some pressure on him. I mean, the defense will have to make some plays to win the game, uh, but I don't think that – I still think the talent gap is too wide. Yeah, I flip-flopped a little on this game. Um, 
you know, it does seem like the computers are, are truly looking at Louisville as an eight and three team. Um, and really, you know, they let one get away against Virginia. That was a really bad loss. They were up big in the second half and let it melt away. They had a chance against Wake Forest. They had a chance um, against Clemson to win right there at the end. So they really are a, a couple wins away from, I think, people looking at them a lot differently. Um, and, and just their offensive numbers. I think they're going to, I think they're going to put their points up at this point where, and I'll mention I saw a scenario where Kentucky could win by double digits. We'll, we'll have to see. I'm kind of backing off that a little bit just because I think, uh, I just think that I can't give Kentucky that benefit of the doubt with the turnover margin and with what we've seen from the defense the last few weeks. I, I think Malik Cunningham's too good of a player to, uh, if they turn it over three times, I think Kentucky loses. I do. Yeah, I mean, like this, this, uh, and unless they get some themselves, like unless Louisville puts it on the turf or throws a few away, if Kentucky loses the turnover margin, I do think that Louisville could beat them. But yeah. I just think that, I just think that pride coming into play here. It is a rivalry. You never know what will happen, and we know in rivalries, talent kind of doesn't show itself until maybe late in games. You see it basketball all the time, but I, I do think that Kentucky finds a way to win. But like I said today, uh, and what I sent to Josh Moore, the Herald Leader, I, I think that this game is going to be significantly closer than it has been the last two times. Oh, yeah. No, no I don't think there's any doubt about that. If Lord, if either of these teams, teams win by 30, then, man, uh, there will be some takes in the Commonwealth for sure, if that's the case. Uh I think I picked 38 34 Kentucky in those picks, um, which is over 37 27. Yeah, so, so I mean, if there. you go by Vegas, like it's an over under of 57, and Louisville I saw now they've been bet up to a three point favorite. So that's what 30 to 27 basically is yeah. what that is. Um, to me, if UK can get to 30 35 or so, I think it'll win. But that's what I'm saying with the turnover margin. Like, this is going to be a game similar to Tennessee in terms of, and I don't want to like compare Tennessee. I, I think Tennessee's offense is just so unique and I think they're, they're really good. I mean, they've, they've proven that this year. I don't want to compare them in that, in that way. I just mean in terms of the kind of the style of game, I think you have to go in as an offense one feeling like feeling like you'll have success, but two, knowing that you're going to have to put some points up because uh, really, man, I think the only game Louisville's struggled to score uh, NC state, they were held to 13. And then against Ole Miss to start the year, and I'm I don't really want to go back to because that's man, that's a long time ago at this point. Teams change a lot from the first game to the last game, so I don't want to read into that too much. But they really struggled that game offensively, especially in the first half. They turned it around a little bit in the second half. Um, I guess Sean, the overarching thing, and it's harder to put into words because it's been two years since they've played each other. But you did see a big physicality gap the last time they played. I mean, UK, 521 yards overall, 517 rushing yards. It looked like a physical mismatch. And I'm wondering, to me, it's it's just hard to know at this point how different that will be since they didn't play last year. But Lowell's offensive line unit's not too bad. I guess some some big guys up front, but their defensive line is, is nowhere near as stout as what we've seen. So I do think Kentucky's going to have success in this game. It's just a matter of – not having those turnovers, you know, not taking, you know, winning in the red zone, things like that. I do think Kentucky is the more talented team, but I mean, Louisville certainly got enough. If you don't play great, they no question they can beat Kentucky. 
I agree. And I don't see anything else. Oh, hold on. I got one more. Uh, this is from back to final four. You are the GM for UK football. How are you using UK's remaining seven to eight scholarships and what are the portal needs, assuming UK is able to take at least five transfers? Finally, who replaces Pascal? Love that kid, and he will be a massive loss. Yeah, he will be. Great kid, great player. Uh, one of the best representatives since I've been around the last seven, eight years. That's a really good question, a really fun question. I like that. I like that question. Um, well, we talked a little bit earlier about portal needs dbs a given i mentioned wide receiver if rosenthal is to leave i would if they could get a, a proven tackle i would i would uh pursue that if i were kentucky some of that's going to depend on keontae goodwin what he decides to ultimately do if he does sign um i mean that's that's one of the hardest positions to come in and play but you would think with Goodwin's ranking, his size, he should be able to come in and start as a freshman, I would think. But that's a spot. I mean, edge for sure. Um, I like Trayvon Ripka, but if you could get a proven defensive end, I, I wouldn't be against it by any means. But I don't know. I, getting the secondary figured out, I think, is probably the most important thing. And then, again, like I said earlier, one more wide receiver. Um, I'm – I think a scenario they don't necessarily want to get in, but I think they're going to have to probably deal with it to some extent is you're going to really need some young guys at wide receiver to step up next year. I don't see any way around it. Um, Just, I mean, like I think DeMarcus Harris has played his way into at least being someone you can count on next year. He'll be an upperclassman. Tosh Harris is an upperclassman. But besides that, you're asking, you know, Chauncey Magwood, who played a lot this year. You're asking Chris Lewis. Uh, Dekel Karatis off injury. You're going to be asking Barry and Brown, Dan Key, to come in and, and and contribute. And that can be tough, but you would hope having a quarterback like Levis will help you uh, overcome some of those issues. But are there any positions I'm missing, Sean, that you would pursue? I think you hit everything right there that I, that I would go after. Uh, definitely defensive back. That's, that's where I think the portal is going to be the most significant help to what Kentucky is next year. That's where they need the most improvement immediately. But at wide receiver, they're going to have to have some of those young guys emerge and step up. You you hopefully – you hope that DeKel Crowdis is healthy and can help there. Uh, Chris Lewis, you're, you're getting Keaton Upshaw back at tight end. Uh, I, I think the offense will be fine, but it's the defense. The secondary has to show yeah. major improvement. I'm with you. We got anything else? We got one final question. It's not really a question about football, but Steven says, with the Louisville game here, Stoops being looked at for one or more coaching openings and potential bowl game opportunities. I just have one question. What is up with both of you putting up your Christmas trees a week before Thanksgiving? (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys see It's a Wonderful Life? They were literally decorating their tree on Christmas Eve. Not just kidding. You guys are awesome. Merry Christmas. yeah, I'm sitting here actually looking at my Christmas tree, and I'm glad it's up because I don't have to do it <laughs> this weekend or anytime soon. Did you get yours up? It's up, yeah. I love the movie It's a Wonderful Life, but come on. I if do you're too. Put, if you're putting your tree up on Christmas Eve, it's a waste. Why, what are you doing? Why are you even doing it at that point? For for one day, you're going to leave your tree up? Uh, now, some decisions are out of my control in this house. Yes. but A lot of them, a, right? Yeah, but I'm not opposed <laughs> to it. I, I like having it up right now. Um, like we mentioned, I think already, like my family was a 
Thanksgiving night, next day type tree family. But well, you know, a few days early, I've got no problem with it. We'll get plenty of use out of it. And uh, some presents. My wife is on the ball. We've already got presents under our tree, Sean. So it's already coming in pretty uh, nice. You got more than, than we have. I have my stocking hanging up, but <laughs> there's, there's nothing in it. I will say this. I've always been a lights out type of guy. Like I, I like to watch the TV with no lights on. This time of year, the Christmas tree is my light. Yeah. Like when I come in in the evening, I turn the the tree on, and that's the light that I use to to light up the living room and an area. So it it kind of sets the mood and just relaxes me. It's it's nice to kind of have it up. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that Thanksgiving's here this week and Christmas right around the corner. Uh, busy, busy. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know if we'll record again. Uh, maybe, maybe not before people listen to this on Thanksgiving. So to all our listeners, we are very thankful for you. No doubt about it. And I'm speaking for Sean as well. Uh, this has been a great time doing this podcast. And we've still got a, a, a good following. I mean, these mailbags, we get plenty of questions. So we appreciate you guys asking questions. And we hope you have a great holiday with your loved ones. Um, stay safe if you're traveling. All those good things people always say. But uh Truly heartfelt. Do appreciate all of our listeners. Absolutely. hundred percent. The The podcast continues to grow. The mailbags continue to get bigger and bigger. I talked to Derek before the mailbag started. And I said, are, are we going to get, we're going to get to a point eventually where we can't answer every single question, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, but we do our best to make sure we get to all of them. If we didn't get the one we we apologize. We tried to cover it. Hopefully the topic that you want to discuss. If not, feel free to DM me and uh, maybe I can exchange it back and forth through DMs or something as always the show is powered by blue wire pods it's also powered by the butcher's pub three locations palmville williamsburg and london kentucky you can visit the butcherspub.com or check them out on facebook he's Derek terry i'm sean smith we'll catch you next time on kentucky daily